Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Coming back to listen to all our uh, our ramblings. So back to the sports thing. Because it's in my head and it just popped in there and I don't know why. Tater, I wanted to get your impression. We talked about it a little bit, but we really didn't get into it. Doing away with the shift in Major League Baseball. Do you think it's good or bad for the game? I think it's bad. You think it's bad to get rid of the shift? Because listening to... What the hell was his name? He made very good points about the fact that it's better for the fans. Because he's like, you sit there and watch a damn baseball game, and there's no offense. They put the shift on. Oh, now, oh, great. He's out at first, out at first, out at first. You don't see anything. He's like, everybody's like, you do away with the shift, and at least maybe you'll see somebody get a fucking single. He's like, it's it's getting ridiculous where it's just boring as shit to watch a baseball game because there's just no fucking offense. Tell the hitters to get better. Well, you can say that all day long, but the pitchers are getting better too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, pitching's always been good. Yeah. But it's getting better, I think. I think it's getting better from where it's been, but it's nowhere near what it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Well, the disparity between hitting and pitching, I think, has come a long way. But Yeah. And you got to think, too, everybody's chasing the long ball. Yeah. They are. I mean, if that's the case, just lower the mound back down to six inches. Remember, they raised the mound years ago to give the pitchers an advantage. Well, they got an advantage regardless. I also think they juice the balls. Yeah, they've changed things over the years. The bats, the ball, and all kinds of stuff. I've heard this conversation a couple times. They work the balls. But where are you going with this? What are you talking about? I think MLB changed the ball. Like like to make it. To like make it better, like a golf ball, so it'll fly further. Yeah, something like that. They changed the way they're manufactured. I've heard pitchers talk about it, like professional pitchers complaining about the shit and the way that they changed the manufacturing of the ball. So I made the joke because uh, what's her name, um, Amy Lawrence on ninety two nine was talking about it. Uh, she's like on the midnight show, so I would uh-huh. listen to her when I was going to work at two o'clock in the morning. Right. But she was talking about it one time. So I made a joke. She had posted it on Twitter. So I commented on it. I was like, yeah, they took the juice out of the players and put it in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Did she respond? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying the new baseball, which is lighter compared to the one used at the start of the 2021 season, has brought offensive numbers down to levels not seen since the 1980s. Answers your question. Uh, but there's a shit ton of contradicting evidence to that. <laughs> Change, see, that's like what they did with football. They changed the game to make it more exciting. They did. They've done it with basketball and other games, but you kind of ruin the nostalgia of the game. I mean, like now, every snap they're holding. You used to never have mm-hmm. to hold. They allowed you to hold inside the pads now, and they've been doing it for years. And you don't have to. They did it so the offense can get going and make excitement for the game. They're back to where it was before. 
Yeah. You, you can't play defense anymore. You can't hit anybody. No, it's getting ridiculous. The ble- According to the Bleacher Report, it says in the back half of the 2010s, there were questions about whether the ball was juiced as home run rates soared to record highs. Three years after the after buying Rawlings, which manufactures MLB's baseball, the league responded by intentionally deadening the ball ahead of the 2021 season. However, this fellow Bradford Davis of Business Insider revealed that balls from previous years were also in circulation last season. MLB also suddenly began enforcing its ban on pitchers using foreign substances on the ball, but they've always done that. There's always been things about, you know, guys with Vaseline on her hat and whatever, doing whatever they could to get an advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're checking. They started checking the pitchers for. They check them a lot now, apparently. Some guys are getting checked like two and three times a game. I think when they I think when they first started it, it was like every inning. Really? Yeah. Then they were just trying to enforce it back. I think some guy, one of the pitchers, like lost his mind. I can't remember who it was. Oh, he was just man. pissed. Oh yeah, like stripped down on the field. <laughs> he was just fucking crazy. fed up. He's like, "What yeah. the fuck, man? I don't have anything." <laughs> but, but you know, and then guys like Garrett Wilson get caught. You know, yeah. Or, you know, it's just exactly. But I was never a big fan of cheating, but. There's a fine line there between cheating and Brian. Yeah. I don't know. But if you've got, you know, they were putting shit on the back of their neck. They were putting it in their fucking, the bill of their ball cap. They were putting it on their forearms and their, you know, wherever they could get it to try and put it on their fingers when they needed it at any specific time, like just to get a little bit more. Curve in that curveball, get a little more, a little bit more slide in that slider, a little bit more, you know, whatever. It's but, like racing. If you ain't been accused of cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, right. Fuck. There's there's enough gray area to get you in trouble on all the rule books. Yeah, you know what I haven't seen in a long time, and I may be wrong about this, is any controversy about cork bats. I have, you know, I've seen a lot of broken bats, but. Nobody's been getting busted here as of late that I've seen with a cork bat, or am I wrong? I think nowadays it's just the amount of tar. But other is that what it is? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if they let them use tar for sure anymore, but I'm sure it's one manufacturer for all the bats. I'm sure they're inspected before the games, you know, all that. Right. And I've seen, I guess, maybe the number of home runs per player isn't really going up as much as it did back in like the Sosa McGuire days, but you're seeing more players period hitting home runs per game as opposed to just one guy. Like I'm seeing that at least, you know, watching the Braves games most of the time. I mean, well, you got to remember technology, two two or three home runs a game. Yeah. Technology's changed a lot. So yeah, coaching is a lot different than it was even just 10 years ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just scouting on pitchers is tremendous compared to the way it was many years ago. This is Smitty from Prime Cohesion. want to congratulate the Braves on their fifth consecutive National League East Championship. 
Well, how much do you think is played in it? So speaking strictly baseball, um, how much do you think plays into the fact that, or how much do you think the high school, just the little league experience in general and the, and the way that high school ball has evolved since the olden days, since the fifties and sixties has played into the fact that these players are just better when they get to the MLB anymore, when they get to college. You know what I mean? How much of that plays into the fact that it's just better players now because they just know so much more about the game before they even get to college. What do you think? Do you think it's gotten any better or do you think it's gotten worse? Because I know the little league, a lot of um, major league managers and stuff are like, these kids are getting run too hard. I mean, Lyle, you've got firsthand experience in that. They're playing these kids too hard in little league right now, but is that helping them or hurting them? I don't know. We played 80 games as a 10-year-old team, so. Right? That's too much. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, that's that, too much. That's a big difference well, when you get to the next level. But yeah, where does it you divide being a kid and the future? But how many 10-year-olds, you know what I'm saying? Well, shit. It, how, how many, how many base, high school baseball players make it to the league 1%? If that. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's got to be something like that. A lot of, most guys wash out in the minors. Yeah, because everybody that gets drafted doesn't mean they're going to the bigs. They get drafted and end up in farm yeah. leagues still, however yeah. long. And minor leagues is tough. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> it's, to get out. It's not. It's not easy. It's not, it's not an easy life either. Because I mean, you're on a bus. You're not taking yeah. planes. They don't pay you shit. I mean, unless you got drafted in a high round and got a big signing bonus, life is miserable. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and it's so yeah. many divisions in the minors. What is there? Single, double, and triple A? Yeah. I mean, the really good ones don't stay in the minor leagues very long. No, no, that's true. But right. how many, look how far and few between they are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But to your point, like right now, most kids who are dedicated to it or their parents who are dedicated to it, they play high school ball and they're playing travel ball year yep. round. And yep. uh, there's, there's a couple different big time showcase type travel leagues in Georgia. But it's a lot of, I mean, you got to have one, you got to be dedicated. And two, you got to have the money to do it. Yeah. And, and that's that's significant. That's a big part of it. That's a lot of money. I mean, even to play in high school, you got to have yeah, money. I mean, yeah, because you got to, I mean, the parents are the boosters, so you got to have money to contribute. You're talking $1,000 to play baseball in high school. Yeah. And a lot of these guys now, granted, I think some of these kids get a ride. If, if you've got the talent, then the coaches are waiving a lot of those goddamn fees because they want you on a team. So, but if you're just average Joe Schmo, there's a lot of money involved. Yes. They figure it out. I don't know how much it it costs for me to play ball in high school. I know how much it it was when I was playing travel ball. It was a fucking shit ton of money. So, God, the shit that we had to buy. I do remember that for high school. (laughs) Yeah. Like, when I first, it was a, it was a shock, man, because I, I didn't know. And like, when I went out there my freshman year, 
Um, they're like, all right, you got to bring three boxes of balls or something like that. 12 does. So you need three dozen balls. You got to have like six different pairs of socks, like fucking four or five different pairs of undershirts. And you had to buy the ones that were the team colors. So right. luckily, and I think Archie's, it's still up here. They specialize in that crap. So right up here down the street from me, they like work with Stockbridge. So they had all the team shit that you needed. Yep. Here in Douglasville, it's uh, it's Gables. <laughs> Gables is a local play. They do for all four high schools. They have all the team logos, mm. colors, and they get everything for everybody. Yeah, like my ball bag, all that stuff I had to get from up there. Your what now? But even when uh, <laughs> my ball bag. <laughs> yeah, right. But if bats were like three, four hundred bucks back when you yeah. played. Yeah, you're lucky to find them over three, four hundred bucks now. Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice if someone like I don't know Kyle Davies, who played at the school, could have maybe donated some some money. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking self center prick. <laughs> you want me to leave it in is, dude. yeah you can leave it in there the one time I met him he was a fucking jerk man it's a ridiculous amount of money it takes to play ball I mean it doesn't surprise me that most of these rich kids are the ones that are playing because they're the only ones that can afford to play Yeah, unless you have pure talent you're not going to get developed in high school and, and it's, not, it's not gonna happen if you got a little one in cheer or competition cheer you're fitting yeah. every dollar's out of your pocket well, i don't know how it's like, a stupid expensive well, it's not it's all sports now it's all every like softball is the same way softball is a year-round sport now and then yeah uh, i got even for the marching band part of the budget was we had a uniform sinking fund so every year we put money back because in order to put uniforms on those kids, we had to buy the uniforms. We bought them maybe once every five to 10 years. You buy uniforms. You put back five to $10,000 every year in order to be able to buy uniforms in five years because you're spending anywhere between fifty and $100,000 to buy uniforms for the marching band. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Because the marching band had to buy it and then hope the kids would pay for it. You had to keep it in the budget and raise that money and put it away. And that's why we were charging the kids $500 to be in the marching band. It was $500. Some of them, it was $800 just to be in the marching band because we got to pay for everything. Travel, uniforms, same thing for cheer. You know what I mean? You got to pay for all that. Yeah. I mean... Unless you're unless you're an absolute stud, I mean, just you know, Jason Hayward or something like that, right? Because even he played travel ball in between uh, baseball season at the high school. I mean, so he was out of Stockbridge, right? Henry, yeah, he went to Henry, Henry County. County. Yeah, he was on he was on that ten ten U team that we played eighty games. But um, what you call it? The seven-on-seven teams, they're from spring all the way up until fall camp for football. And they travel all over the country doing seven-on-seven tournaments. And those are, let them tell it, those are poor kids. 
Uh, so I don't know how they're doing it. But you'll see it, especially with football, like, um, you'll see, like, because they have the rating system, um, three, four, five star, two star, no star, whatever. And a lot of kids will go unnoticed because they don't go to camps or they don't play seven on seven. So they don't get as much exposure. And then if you play on a shitty team like I did, then you're never going to get any exposure unless you play someone good. And even if you play someone good, you look like shit because you're playing someone good with a bunch of half wits. Yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah. The other thing is like, sorry, you kind of struck a nerve with this subject. So (laughs) (laughs) like if you don't have a coach who knows how to work his team and get the most out of their team, like, there's there's a stigmatism. Like as soon as I got the school ball, I never I never ran the ball again. So I never I never. Well, I take that back. Once I got to high school, I never ran it again. I ran it a little bit in eighth grade, but like once you get to school ball, if the if if they don't recognize like where each player is best suited and best talented at, then you're just lost in the sauce. Yeah, you just get lost in the sauce, man. Like I like once I got to high school, I never played offense again. Damn. Which was fucking retarded. And I'm but, sure you hated it. I mean, I like defense, but it was, I was playing out of position the whole time. And I wasn't tall enough to play defense either. So this really didn't make sense. Right. I mean, most cornerbacks, which is where I ended up playing, I played strong safety and cornerback a lot. Uh, but most cornerbacks are usually in the... 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot range. Right. I'm 5'6 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Going up. I remember covering Bruce Irvin in practice. Dude is like 6'5 in high school. <laughs> You're like, what the hell am I doing? I can't even. Yeah. Now he ended up playing defensive end in the league, so that just goes to show you like how bad out of position he was. Really? Right. Yeah, really. So, uh, yeah, him and Perry Riley... Perry was fun to play with. I wouldn't tackle that motherfucker, but he was fun to play with. But he ended up playing middle linebacker for the Redskins for like seven years. Damn. Yeah. But that, yeah, that goes to show you, I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that the coaches, the coach plays a huge part in how your development, how how you develop. It's not just pure talent, because I guarantee there has been a lot of purely talented individuals playing ball that never got played like when i got to high school i never even got a shot and it's not like i I wasn't slow like i was one of the fastest guys on the team even as a freshman i mean i was just tiny then but i put on some weight eventually but right and like in middle school whenever they give me the ball it was chunk yardage or touchdown i just didn't see like what am i missing here (laughs) and why aren't you playing me yeah yeah, these two other guys who would dance up to the line wouldn't hit the hole, man. They get tackled in the backfield constantly. You're not throwing the ball, so yeah, you gotta have somebody who's yeah. You gotta have somebody back there who who's gonna run it. You see that I, in college sometimes, and it's bad in the pros. When I was still well, paying attention, this, they just kind of meander up and just fall over, and you're like, "Come on, dude, hit the hole." Yeah. It, now, too, in college with all the read action, the RPO stuff, 
they got what this, I don't know if you've, you've probably heard them talk about it, but the mesh plays. So it like, it's the quarterback, it's a read play and the quarterback either they pretty much, he sticks the ball in the running back stomach and they kind of walk together yeah. towards, towards the line. And then they, they did that like, a lot. The last that, second. Was it the, uh, what team did that this weekend? Wake Forest. Wake Forest does yeah. a really slow mesh play. Yeah. Like, I mean, they hold the ball for a minute. Yeah. But, yeah. So, it's that so type it's, of stuff. So, it's basically trying to determine, okay, at the last second we determine whether who's going to take the ball. Yeah. They let the play, like, really develop for a few seconds. And then they're like, okay, either the quarterback keeps it or he, he gives it off. But this is all before the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like, they're kind of walking towards it. But, yeah. yeah right. It's, it's all in the backfield. They're like that way they hold offensively nowadays. It's not called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. I mean, if you, you limp, went back to some of the older rules, hell, you'd probably see the wishbone again or, or an H. All well, right. they, everybody that talks about football, that plays football, like when you hear these um, quarterbacks, even quarterbacks are talking about it, retired quarterbacks now or um, even active quarterbacks. They've pretty much taken defense out of the fucking game. They're not allowed to hit nobody no more. They're not allowed to fucking... I mean, there's just so much in the safety part of it that they really don't play football like they used to, like, at all. It's just not the same game. Well, there's no... I mean, there is a little, but there's no violence. It's dramatically changed. It's not like Lawrence Taylor's days where he was trying to rip people's fucking heads off. Oh, you know was, what I mean? That was the fun part of it. Mike Dicka and uh, Buckus and all them guys. Freaking hell, Howie Long was a goddamn animal in yeah. his day. I was small for defensive lineman. I played nose tackle. But, you know, there's basically no rules. You just quit cut a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really the only rule we had to contend with. If you were engaged, you did not cut the guy. Yeah, otherwise right. you could molest the offensive lineman. Yeah. But, you know, I played uh, either left tackle or left guard when I wasn't on those. And you got called holding. Hell, they put us in freaking oven mitts and practice until we stopped grabbing. Because you yeah. just stand the guy up and you just turn them the direction you want to go and you just drive them. That's all you got to do. Well, these guys can't, they can't go at anybody like they used to. They're, I mean, they get called. There'd be a flag instantly. It seems like anytime a, a defensive guy gets aggressive, uh, flag, flag, flag. Well, you saw they, they, they've done change the rules about how you can hit the quarterback too in college football. What do you mean? How so? So, like, because uh, we got called for it for a um, personal foul, roughing the passer in the Kentucky game. Our guy, the quarterback, was in the process of throwing the ball, right? So the new rule is is if they're like in a throwing stance, I guess, or in a throwing motion, you can't hit them in the legs. You so don't. You don't want to. You could be. You could be in the air flying at this guy exactly. when he gets his stance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you can't it's hit just, him high. Now you can't take him down by his legs. Right. So everything, everything's subjectable. You got yeah. six inches in his stomach where you can hit him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's dangerous, too, because 
if you're in your stance, your your side is open and you're exposed. Gotta hit him somewhere. I mean, it's football. It's football. Yeah, yeah. Comes with the territory. That's what pads are for. You're gonna get hit. You seen the? You saw the the helmets they're wearing now in practice, right? Oh, they look like bubble heads. Yeah, yeah. The uh, what are those called? I think they call them halos. How long before you think those are in the NFL? Uh, they won't put that. They won't put that in the NFL. You don't they, think they they use them in practice in the NFL though? I know. I'll bet you a hundred dollars in ten years the helmets are going to look like that. I'd like to you know. Money. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. In ten I, years, we'll be playing two hand touch. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd like to know some true medical statistics on the guys that played leather with leather helmets versus this shit today. Because I guarantee you the guys with leather helmets, once you ring your bell a few times, you don't do it again. Yeah, you don't go as hard. Well, look at the guys that play rugby. Well, you still go hard, but you don't use your head as a battering ram. Yeah, look at rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys go at each other fucking hard, but they don't go head first. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Some of them wear leather. Some of them wear these nylon small uh, head protectors. A wrestling cap that has the yeah. pads on it. And it protects their ears so they don't get the goddamn cauliflower ears yeah. so their ear don't look like a goddamn croissant. But those guys go hard as shit. I watch a lot of like Australian rules football and uh, rugby and shit like that. Those guys go fucking hard. Them are some big ass boys. And yeah, they don't have those problems because they know better. Yeah, I think the equipment made... Yeah, the concussion issue bad, and then that's they just it's been. A I think you're right. Downfall from there because they thought they were okay wearing all this padding and the helmets and shit like that. Oh, I'm, I got all this on. I'm gonna be okay. No, you're still gonna get a concussion, dude, because that's a it's equivalent of thirty car wrecks a game you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. I think that's what they came up with. Some like thirty car wrecks or some shit. I saw that. The equivalent one time. Yeah, I haven't seen that. News to me. I've, I've seen those guys get blindsided, and I don't know how they get up. That says a lot for those boys' conditioning and their well, athleticism. You can't, do, you can't do that anymore either. Blindside blocks are illegal. Well, no, I'm talking about a guy coming across the field with the ball, and nobody he doesn't see the other guy coming, and he just drills him. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Trying to yeah. cause a fumble, do whatever, but... He hits him legally. He doesn't hit him in the head, but when you got one guy that knows he's about to hit somebody and a guy that has no fucking clue somebody's coming, that's violent. That's a that's a car accident because yeah. <laughs> that dude's a fucking rag doll. <laughs> yeah, when you're hit, like even if you don't hit head to head, bouncing your head off the ground even with a helmet on doesn't feel good. Oh no, no hell no. No, I've, I've seen stars. The velocity change. You change directions with your head that quick. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's on it. We played ball in the neighborhood. We played full on tackle football with no pads in the neighborhood. Yeah. And I got rung up quite a few times. And it was like, how did we not just die? Because we We were stupid. We play fucking tackle football in the parking lot on concrete. (laughs) Fucking idiots. (laughs) We played, it was supposed to be. So we played it. I lived on a horseshoe street. So 
my neighborhood, you turned down this one street, you went down to the end and he went around and they came back down the part at the end of the horseshoe light pole to light pole is where we played football. And it was supposed to be two hand touching the street and tackling the grass before the sidewalk. Shit. That's the rule, huh? That was the rule, but I don't know how many times the game was over early because so-and-so got fucking his head blown up or fucking, you know, you get tackled and you hit your head on a sidewalk. You'd hit your head on a concrete. You'd fucking tackle somebody into the telephone pole, which was concrete. Fucking, it was, it was brutal. Or you just push them because it was two-hand touch, yeah. but it was never touch. It was, I'm going to hit the son of a bitch as hard as I can with my hands. Smack um, <laughs> you with two hands in the back of the head. Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to fucking tackle you basically without wrapping you up. <laughs> but it was fun. And you learned what you could and couldn't do. I'll tell you that much. It's not like these kids today who have never even had a confrontation or even touched each other before. You know what I mean? And that's it. And cut. And on that note, <laughs> we out of here. Please, if anybody has any questions or comments, hit us up at primecohesion at gmail.com or head to our Facebook page at uh, Prime Cohesion on Facebook and uh, leave some comments. We'd appreciate it.